At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome in. We are live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resorts and Casino here early on a Wednesday morning with a big three hour show lined up for you today. A huge NBA card that we will discuss a few times today on the program. We have week 11 look ahead lines in the National Football League. Really good guests today on the program, including Julian Edlow, Sal Palantonio, and Wes Reynolds. We'll uh, probably begin here with uh, the college football playoff committee rankings from last night. And nothing changed in the top eight. The rankings remain the same. Doesn't matter what happened this past weekend in college football. The Washington win over USC evidently did not mean enough to the committee to bump them up a spot or two. And... Now you have Ole Miss at number 9, Penn State at number 10, and a lot of comments were made, too, that we'll dissect here to begin the show. But uh, overall, were you surprised that the top eight didn't move at all last night? I'm, I'm surprised what's going on with Washington and, and, there, and still with the, the Michigan love and Washington's not getting the boost on, on the wins that they've had. Uh-huh. That's a bit of a surprise. Uh, other surprises, in what world is Iowa a top 25 team? There is no world. That's embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, again, Fresno was one seventeen of eighteen. Liberty's nine and zero, but they put Iowa up there. I mean, it's just some of the stuff they do. It's like guys, there's plenty of good football being played around the country and other schools, you know, outside the big conferences as well. So uh, Iowa is just hilarious uh, being in the top twenty-five. I laughed at that one. How about Kansas getting moved up to number sixteen? The Kansas is not the sixteenth best team in the country, right? Uh, Utah is number 18. LSU is now number 19 in the country. That's a joke, too, right? Three losses. Yeah. If LSU is that high, USC still should be ranked. It's the same team. Pretty much. Great great offense, great quarterback, can't stop anything. Mm-hmm. Same team, right? Now, now, here's the thing, though. On that note, they did stick to their guns with the head-to-head stuff, which could go- come back to haunt them. I'll have more on that coming up here in a few mm-hmm. minutes. But despite Alabama beating LSU this past weekend— they never got a bump. So they're sitting here still telling you that the head-to-head 
means more than anything else between Texas and Alabama because they have Texas locked in at number seven, Alabama at number eight. Um, I will bring this up, and I think you've mentioned that as well. Others have. The Texas win over Alabama is not the best win in the country. It's Washington beating Oregon. That's the best win in the country so far. And don't forget what happened, too. Uh, Milrow was yanked and did not play the following week against South Florida. And Nick Saban talked about how bad the team was or how this wasn't a typical Nick Saban team or Alabama team. He didn't know what he was going to do at quarterback. And when Milrow played against Texas, that was not the same quarterback that we're seeing today. Um, And he was awesome against LSU. So you need to file that one away on top of everything else, I believe. And then, you know, some of the comments that came out as well last night. Reese Davis challenged Greg McElroy and his unsettling comment that he made. McElroy was very strongly opinionated last night. And he said that Alabama fans need to feel unsettled with where they're at right now in number eight and not moving up after the LSU loss. Reese Davis goes, "Mm," and he was going to say, like, I'm not so sure about that. And then it went in a different direction. On number seven, Texas, Kirk Herbstreit, quote, no way Alabama gets in over Texas. No way Texas is left out if they win out. Yeah, there you go. There's no way? Yeah, he's exactly right. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. No, he's not. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, if they win out, Texas and Oregon win out? Texas, are they automatically in over Oregon? No, he's saying, well, okay, with that. Texas he's, scenario where they're well, not automatically well, he's talking, in. He's talking about Texas and Alabama there. He's talking about Texas and Alabama. But because, he added there's because, no way if they win out, they're well, left out. Because, okay, um, well, it, 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 there could be trouble for Oregon here as McElroy is planting the seed. I, I thought the whole thing was a put-on because 24 hours prior to the TV show, McElroy tweeted his top six which was Michigan, Georgia, Florida State, Washington, Ohio State, Oregon. Oregon 6. Then he goes off on this tangent for five minutes, and the look on Herb Street's face was just like, get me out of here. This guy is nuts. And, And he goes off on this tangent where apparently we've had the guy on the show. I didn't know he was a total fraud, meaning he didn't pay attention to the rest of... Lubbock isn't a tough place to play. Salt Lake City isn't a tough place to play. Okay. Greg, do you watch college football? When, when, when Greg McElroy, and I said last week, like I like him as a TV personality. Well, I've done a 180 now. Yeah. He said last night, quote, Utah is a very average football team. What is wrong with you? Yeah. How yeah. do you make that comment? Yeah. Who goes yeah. to Salt Lake and wins by 40? Nobody does that. Utah is very... Okay, so... Again, find me another team in the country, in another conference, where somebody like Greg McElroy is going to say on national TV they're very average. Do you think he would ever say that? Like, if Ole Miss gets blasted this week by Georgia, is he going to say, well, Ole Miss is a very average football team? No chance on earth that that's going to happen. Will he call LSU a very average football team? By the way, ranked below Utah in the standings. That will not happen. It's kind of like the Monday Night Football show the other night. Everybody picked the Jets as a dog. Everybody. Why? Because they're in New York. They're not going to do that for another market. It's just, it's completely. So then he said that. And I'm like, I had to rewind. Did he really just, did those words come out of his mouth? This guy's, yeah. and then. Well, he's also, he, was, he also played at Alabama, so it's a horrible look. The, the Alabama yeah. guy sure. you know, ripping the Pac-12 and, and trying to prop up Alabama. And I, I had to go back and take a bunch of the notes because he was all over the map killing Oregon. Then you're exactly right. He said he mocked and ripped the Oregon win at Texas Tech 
when he said, yeah. I guess all you have to do is schedule a game against Texas Tech, struggle there, and we'll think that you're the sixth best team in the country. Within minutes, Joey Galloway on the same panel said, I, I want to credit, and he spoke to the depth and how good the Big 12 Conference has been all year long. Well, which one is it? <laughs> you can't be a deep conference and super good, in your opinion, and then have another guy uh. mock Oregon's win on the road against Texas Tech. Uh. Can't have it. Yep. So it's just like, what am I watching, guys? Now the opinions on the show have become worse than the actual rankings by the committee. Well said. Well said. Again, I thought it was a put-on because nothing changed with the rankings, and they're probably looking around thinking, how are we going to fill an hour then? Because nothing changed. I mean, and, and this is just, where is the West Coast representation? That's the other thing. And you could also argue they did it to themselves. No leadership. No alumni, no representation from the West Coast. And it's all Ohio. And even, but even the Galloway and Herb Street don't pimp for Ohio State, though, even though they went there. They're objective. But, it, hey, hey, Greg, Alabama plays Tennessee Chattanooga yeah. next week. How bad is that? You went to South Florida led by seven with a minute left. Your, your week non-conference. And, and will someone point out they're the only league that plays eight conference games? And they get a pass on that, too, yeah. which no one brings it up. It's ridiculous. It's a huge advantage that they have. Every conference plays nine league games except the, the SEC, and they play eight so they can play the cupcakes in the second most important week of the season huh? coming up. Where it's, all, it's nonstop cupcakes uh, next week for the SEC. Sure. Now, Oregon, they have USC this week. They're at Arizona State and then Oregon State, which is also highly ranked. And if they win out, they'll get Washington in theory again in the Big Twelve champion, uh, Pac-12 championship game. Uh, is that going to be? Is that good then, or are we going to just mock USC and say that they're garbage and the Oregon State win really isn't that great because they're not an uh, upper echelon team? And then Washington was overranked because they were here. Also, I don't get Florida State. The, they, the committee must love the FSU win over LSU from earlier in the season. Yeah, because they they still have that team at number four. But now Washington has, again, the best win in the country over Oregon. And, again, USC here, not in the top 25, LSU is. But they have those two wins. Uh, what, what has Florida State done other than beat LSU? Don't give me the Clemson win. I don't care about that win. Yeah. Clemson stinks. Yeah. If you're going to tell me Utah is an average football team, well, Clemson's horrible then. And that's, that's, <laughs> that's got to be the conversation. Yeah. There's, for Michigan to remain, for Michigan and Florida State to be ahead of Washington is laughable to me. To your point on the, the lack of the West Coast rep representation. Yep. Well, in a span of two weeks, we have gone from Reese Davis saying there's a better chance the Pac-12 gets two in than left out to then the McElroy nonsense. So at least he's throwing it out there, and we could be set up with who's more deserving if it comes down to 12-1 and Texas against 12-1 and Oregon. Or throwing the Alabama in there, too. Mm. So now you have to be a little bit worried that at least you think, hey, how, how can some, someone think like that? Although he might be the only guy, because I think Herbstreit thinks they're the best team in the country. And I think uh, a lot of people think Oregon's either the best team or the second best team in the country, what okay. they did to dismantle uh, Utah as well. But um, it's, you know, if they run the table, they should be safe. But then again, we, we all agreed for much of the year that this was, this, this was the best conference. So if someone goes 12-1 and one out of this league, it'd be a crime if they don't get in. I'll but give you, you one more. Yeah, go ahead. So they're so strong, the committee is, on the head-to-head -head matchups. Ole Miss gets Georgia this week. Ole Miss is number nine. What if Ole Miss shocks the world and they beat Georgia? Based on what we've seen so far... They're, they have a problem. 
right? I, you can't, but you can't, put, it, Ole, you can't no. put Ole Miss over Alabama. And Ole Miss won't be in the SEC title game. Right. So you can't put Ole Miss over Alabama, do they? Here's the thing. You would have to, based on what we've seen so far, they would only bump up every team below Georgia one spot, and they'd have to drop Georgia to number nine. And they'd have to go <laughs> yeah. Bama seven, uh-huh. Ole Miss eight, Georgia. That's right. Yeah. That's what they've yep. told us so far. Yep. But something tells me that won't take place. Good point. Good point. The other one, too, uh, Alabama also should, should be penalized because they lost at home. You're not supposed to do that in college sports. Alabama got beat at home. Oregon should have won, but Oregon lost on the road by three. That's also a big deal if it comes down to a tiebreaker and you're comparing resumes. Can't lose at home. Yeah. Can't give up 34 points at home either if you're Alabama. All right, so the the committee show, I know we get fired up for it every single year. It is, I do like watching. It is a lot of fun. I mean, it gets the blood boiling more than anything else, but... And this will, I mean, these team, a lot of these teams are playing each other, so some of them have losses obviously coming up. Uh, and up next here on Follow the Money, it's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. We'll recap last night's betting action in win some, lose some. Some huge moves in college basketball last night, and a lot of them got there. Paulie with the details coming up next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check it out for future events as well. Betting splits are the way vcin's here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check it out every game, vcin.com. Huge NBA card tonight. Julian Edlow joins us. 
from DraftKings and uh, the Unreasonable Odd podcast and the sweat on DraftKings Network. Appreciate the time, sir. We go out to live to Boston and uh, a huge game with the Celtics and the Sixers tonight. Both teams have been on fire offensively. Both clubs top five in offensive efficiency. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, it's a big game uh, early in the season. And, you know, the Celtics are coming off a loss, which generally over the last year and a half or so is an angle that I've really liked to back. And so far, that's what the market is telling us. The Celtics opened uh, laying one, one and a half here. They're up to two and a half now on DK Sportsbook. Uh, The one pause for caution why I haven't bet the Celtics last year, I probably would have been in on them at this point. This game just has to mean more to to Philly Mm -hmm. after coming up short so many times in all these postseason series. They've been playing better this season. They're at home. So Philly as a home dog has some appeal. Um, It's why I've laid off the Celtics to this point. Uh, And then the total, you look at the total, that one's moved up a couple points as well. I'm not sure if it's bettable now, but these two offenses, like you mentioned, Paul, have been on fire to start the season uh, the Celtics have ramped it up defensively at times, so we'll see what they have uh, against an elite offense in this one. But the market is telling us that we should see points in this one, and that's what both teams have been doing so far this season. How about a team total potentially here on either side? So that one, to start the season last year, I meant to pull up the numbers. I think the Celtics hit their team total specifically at home the first 11 or 12 games mm. going over. And this one we've seen from these two teams, you know, if this number grows to like three on the Celtics and you were looking at betting them, I I would just pass them over and look at a team total against Philly, especially getting Derek White back in the lineup. He missed the last two games uh, for the birth of his child. So when they have him in there, uh, you know, he was their best player in their home win against Miami, Uh, scored, I think, 26, 28 points in that game. So. I would look at maybe a team total on the Celtics here. And then when they are at home, which they're going to be Friday night for one of the in-season tournament games against the Nets, that's when I want to look to back that uh, not just team total, but first half team total. Uh, they're coming off whatever, I think a buck 55 against the Pacers in the last game, 70 in the first half. That's been a wagon specifically early in seasons for the Celtics. Okay, let's look at this uh, Bucks game tonight as they are laying a significant number here against uh, I'm not going to say like a, a god-awful Pistons team. I think they have some nice young players here on the squad that are only going to get better throughout the entire season. Saw last night Chris Middleton's been ruled out of this game already. And Julian, the Bucks bad defensively, and they're 1-4-1, and one, depending on how or where you graded at ATS on the year. Not exactly going ex- uh, positively here for the Bucks. What do you make of this matchup tonight? Yeah, they're probably having more growing pains than any of us expected when we all talked about how, you know, seamless the the transition of Lillard and uh, and Giannis playing together would be. And it's taken them some time. So they're not covering games right now. Anytime you see a big number against a team that's not covering, it's tempting. But it is the Pistons. It's a team they've beat up for years. And the Pistons are also a little dinged up with some of those young players that you're talking about, Mitch. So for me, again, this is this is a total game, potentially the Bucks. Uh, coming out of the gates, they, they rank dead last in, in defense, and they've been pretty poor overall defensively. They're 4-2 and two to the over. One of those unders is against the Knicks, who are consistently playing in mud, it seems like. And one of the other unders was against the Hawks in a game that they lost, and the total was set at 239.5, and they gave up 127 points. So 
they only scored 110. They were the reason that one went under. They gave up a ton of points to the Hawks. So if you have any faith in the Pistons here going up against a bad defense, I would just look at the total rather than uh, trying to play the plus 12. Okay, very good. A lot going on here with the Lakers. LeBron said we're the Pittsburgh Steelers. They continue to get off to these slow starts. It's been ugly, historically bad. Uh, the point differential in the first six games, which is a record, minus 61 to start. They got the push uh, the other day against Miami. And then after the game, they send in footage to the league saying LeBron's fouled here, no call. LeBron's, fu- LeBron's fouled here, no call. AD may not play. Uh, what do you think of the Lakers now laying three and a half against Houston? It's such a short number against a Rockets team that I'm not very high on. I have the the season win total under on Houston I just want to sit back and make sure there it's not a trap here. Let's make sure LeBron is healthy and good to go. Um, and on the, with Davis, like the Lakers are kind of one of those teams where it's so important to have both of those guys on the floor if you're going to bet them. Uh, specifically LeBron, but Anthony Davis as well. So this is a game I need to sit back and see who's see who's going to play. It's probably going to mean getting the worst of the number if you get the guys you want. But, uh, I mean, you see it there. Look at look at the short number on the Lakers in Houston. I know the Rockets just beat up on the Kings, but the Kings' offense has kind of been a mess without De'Aaron Fox uh, and that ankle injury. So this is a sit-back-and-wait for me. I will say just an overall, like, betting the NBA message. I bet the Hawks against the Thunder the other morning uh, laid three. SGA was ruled out of that game at the time. yes. Well, yep. It was five points worse because the Hawks were then plus two. He went from out to questionable to in, which I think happened once when I was on this show last season. You guys were asking me about a team. I said, well, you can just go the other way because SGA's out. Well, he played. So the best times to bet these NBA games, like you're either looking at it the night before, which is a little different this time around because we didn't have NBA last night and these lines have been out for a couple of days, but mm-hmm. the night before and get a good opener anticipating injury news. Or when we get to this time of the morning, it's kind of like, okay, the market's moved a little. Let's wait for those first injury updates and make sure they are what they say they are and then get on some of these games. Well said. Follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Julian Edlow with DraftKings. His podcast is called the Unreasonable Odds Podcast. Looking at the Suns-Bulls matchup tonight, Booker has been ruled out. Beal is questionable again tonight. I'll say it's to me, he's going to be more than 50-50 that he doesn't play. Could be wrong on that, obviously. But uh, what do you want to do this morning now from a player prop standpoint with that news? Yeah, so Eric Gordon has has been the guy. He's obviously uh, well into the back nine of his career. But when you take Beal and Booker off the floor, obviously uh, Durant's had some pretty good games. But he's going to get doubled and somebody else has to do something. And uh Yes, it's uh, there's been a lot of missed wide open Eric Gordon threes that have cost me the 20 plus points alternate props at good numbers. But there's so much volume there that you got to play him. He's he's he was around 14 and a half, 13 and a half points earlier in the season. That's moved to 15 and a half when both those guys are out just because it's been doing so well. Three of those games, I think, when both of those guards, Booker and Beal, didn't play, Gordon's gone for 20 plus points. So. We'll wait. We'll see. I tend to lean with you, Mitch. I think that Beal's probably going to take a little bit more time. Um, And even if he debuts, uh, he's probably going to be limited minutes and maybe Mm -hmm. you get Gordon down at 11 and a half or 12 and a half. So just keep keep in mind what is going to happen with Beal. 
And then when we get an answer there, you can look and decide if you want to go on Eric Gordon props. But the volume is certainly there. All right. Similar situation in Denver. Great game tonight. They're a four-point favorite. Now mm-hmm. I draft Kings against the Warriors. That total is 228. Jamal Murray is going to miss an extended amount of time per reports. So similarly here to the Suns, right? What do you want to do with some of the other players? Yeah, so this was uh, Reggie Jackson for me. I played this one on Monday night when we got this news and uh, did not get there. Played 24 minutes, didn't shoot very well. I think he scored seven points and his prop was at 12 and a half. So if there's any good news in losing that one, I guess it's now that Reggie Jackson is set at 11 and a half with even money to the over. The only thing that concerned me was that the 24 minutes, I thought that would be higher. He was playing like 21 when Murray was healthy coming off the bench. So I might wait and see one more time with this uh, this Reggie Jackson prop. Julian Strawler played really well off the bench. Only 19 minutes, but he shot five of nine from three. He scored 21 points. He's not a guy that we're going to get props on at this stage. Uh, but if we do during Murray's absence, he's a guy, a good volume scorer that I would be interested in. So. This would be the Reggie Jackson over 11 and a half points at even money for me and and kind of come back at the value number or just wait and make sure one more time, see if he's going to get more than 24 minutes in these games Jamal Murray's going to miss. Hey, Julian, quickly here in 30 seconds. Uh, are you finding value right now in the sixth man of the year market? So there's a few in there I think you can't bet because like Russell Westbrook, the Clippers have said he's going to start. Mm-hmm. He's 14-1. The Sixers make all these moves. Kelly Oubre starting. He's 14 to one. Malcolm Brogdon won it last year with the Celtics. Is he going to win it again with the Blazers? I don't think so. 14 to one. These are all guys near the top of the market. So you look deeper down. Nas, Minnesota, really good. 20 to one. Eric Gordon, Suns, really good. 30 to one. I don't know who the guy is. I just know there's guys at the top of the board that you don't want to be betting right now. And that's got to open something else up down the board. Yep. There you go. Julian, thanks for the time today. We appreciate it. Good luck. Yep. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Get his podcast called the Unreasonable Odds Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Up next, let's expand on the Lakers-Rockets game and look at LeBron props tonight based on what the team did after their latest game. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSN. Good to have you on board here on a Wednesday morning. We are live in Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. We like to call the top of this hour Wednesdays with Vito's son, Sal Palantonio, kind enough to join us from ESPN. Uh, Sal Pal, good morning. How you been? Oh, Mitch and Pauly, great to be with you guys on the doorstep of Week 10. Can you believe it? Here we are. We're only a couple of weeks from Thanksgiving. Crazy. Yes. Unbelievable. Every year we talk about this, right? Can you believe it's Week 8, Week 9, Week 10? The NFL season flies by. Can you tell us how banged up you think Jalen Hurts is going into the Eagles bye week? Well, let me give you one indication. So after the game in the press conference late at night, in the evening, Sunday night after they beat the Cowboys, Jalen Hurts comes out for his press conference. And I asked him, you know, about the injury and coming back out in the second half and starting the second half of that touchdown pass to Devontae Smith. And he said, the bye week could not come at a better time. And then he said later, the bye week selfishly could not come at a better time. He added that word selfishly. And I've known the young man for three plus years. I've never heard him utter that word. 
So for him to use that word that selfishly he needs the rest, that tells you all you need to know. Now, Jay Glazer has reported a bone bruise in the left knee. I haven't seen anybody confirm that, but Jay Glazer is a good reporter. He's been around for years, very well connected. And it seems like it could be that, but we really just don't know. And I don't like to do speculation on injuries. I do know this. When he got hit in the knee, he got a direct shot, helmet to the knee, and he grimaced and fell to the ground. It clearly was an indication that there was a soft spot or a sore spot right in the knee where he got hit and it got hit again. So, I mean, he's, he's, he was hurting. And when you talk to, I talk to the players in the locker room after the game, guys, and everyone just shook their head and said, they know, they know the exact, the level of pain the young man is going through and he is just surviving and advancing right now. Okay. So they have a bye week, but no bye week for you. Um, always on the clock here at ESPN, seven days a week, Sal Palantonio. You are covering a really good game between two strong teams in the AFC North. Ravens might be the best team in football at this point. You have a note here on something that hasn't happened since 2008 with these two defenses and a really good breakdown about offense versus man defense, zone defense. Uh, but this is going to be a fun one for you to cover this weekend, Sal. Well, it is. And if you guys remember when I came on very early on in the, in the season, might have been in August when I was on your program, I said, it's going to come down to Todd Munkin, the new offensive coordinator against the Ravens, against Jim Schwartz, the new defensive coordinator of the Browns. That's what it's going to come down to. And to me, that's what this game is all about. Schwartz is one of the smartest guys I've ever around in the NFL. Economics major at Georgetown. Super smart dude. Won the Super Bowl in Philadelphia, Super Bowl 17, uh, excuse me, 52 in 2017. Been around the block, knows what he's doing. But Todd Munkin and that offense, if you study it, they have a multiple running game. They're using the old Ravens running game formula of just being dominant when they want to, but also running with their quarterback using zone reads. Number one in rushing yards. Number one in rushing touchdowns. Number one in rushing attempts. And if you look at the wide nine offense, that excuse me, defense, wide nine defense. Let me be specific about this. As Jim Schwartz has always run. What has been the Achilles heel of Jim Schwartz's defense over and over again? The ability to run on them between the tackles effectively. I'm giving the edge to the Ravens in this game. It's also the first meeting between two teams allowing less than 275 yards per game Hmm. in week 10 or later since it happened between the Ravens and Steelers back in 2008, Sal? Yeah, it's always the NFC, uh, the AFC North, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, right. It's always yeah, it's always the snot knockers in the AFC North, <laughs> the Steelers, the Browns, and the Ravens. But this Ravens team reminds me of a better version. I'm going to say this. I'm on the record. Okay. On your show, I think this is a better version of the 2000 Ravens because they Whoa. have a better quarterback. 
Okay, yeah. So you're talking top to bottom. That Ravens defense was an all-timer, but you're saying, yeah, yeah. because okay. who, Trent Dilfer was the quarterback? Tony Banks, too. Trent Dilfer was the quarterback. Lamar Jackson, just bring... Yeah, yeah. You know, if you have to dedicate a hat to defensively, right? <clears throat> if you have to dedicate a hat defensively to the quarterback as a runner, it changes the geometry, the calculus, and the basic math. The basic math is now you're playing... 10 on 11. That's a problem. Follow the money, Paulie and Mitch Visa in the Sports Betting Network Wednesdays with Vito's son. We love Sal Pal Antonio. We were talking about this before you came on. You're dialed in. You know everyone. You've been in this racket a long time. Ben Volan in the Boston Globe. There's a good chance Belichick won't make it to the end of the season. And there's a chance, if it's ugly in Germany, that, that Kraft gets rid of Belichick. It to even do a deeper dive, Vrabel, Vrabel could take over. What do you make of this? Well, Ben Bowen is dialed in. He's a terrific reporter at the Boston Globe, has been covering the team for a long time, has great sources. I don't think that Bill Belichick will be fired in season. I just don't. Uh, I, I know they're minus 93 in the differential. They're two and, a, two and seven. But if they get embarrassed by the – well, they're playing the Colts, Colts. right? Yes, yes. They get, yeah, yeah. They, 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 if they get embarrassed by the Colts on national TV and on another continent, it's going to be hard to justify to keep Bill Belichick around. But how do you bring – how do you fire Belichick and then all season long you dangle, what, Jamar Mayo in as an interim head coach and then bring in Rabel. Yeah. I don't see that working out. To me, that that doesn't make sense. How do you do it? What? And if you fire Bill Belichick, does Steve Belichick go as well? And Bel- Steve Belichick has an important role on that team, Bill Belichick's son. So I don't see Robert Kraft creating total upheaval in the middle of the season without a succession plan because that would be silly messy for a guy who's on the doorstep of beating Don Shula's record. Now, after Indianapolis, they go on the road to MetLife and play the Giants. All right, so let's just say, Mitch and Paulie, they lose to Indy. All right, then they have a bye week. They can't lose to the Giants. That that would be the one that they can't possibly lose, <laughs> yeah, right? Okay, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, so that would that would be to me the bridge too far. Well, if he loses to Tommy DeVito, yeah, enough. You know, listen, Tommy DeVito's, of course, because he's got a vowel on the end of his name. He's my guy. <laughs> he's but, you he's your guy. I know. I know. He, he's my guy. But you know, you know, he, he can't lose. Come on, Bill Belichick <laughs> goes to MetLife where he made his bones with Bill Parcells and loses to Tommy DeVito. Right. No. Right. But but Sal, I can't keep him around. With this, while I want him to break Shula's record at the at the rate we're on no, no, here, it's no, good. It I'm might take. That you, I'm not okay. I'm not saying that you do. I don't. Know. I'm not saying that you do because you know he's got like 16 more to go. I know to tie Don Shula's record. So yeah, uh, listen, it's going to be hard after the season. I think to justify if they have two or three wins. I was told if they have two or three wins, it'll be hard to justify oh. keeping Bill Belichick for 2024. But I. There you go. I, I understand what Ben Bowen is reporting. I understand what he's reporting. But to me, it'd be very, very difficult to look at it and say, 
Are you really going to have yourself in limbo, in purgatory for the rest of the season while you wait for Mike Vrabel to maybe be available? For the betting crowd, would you look at uh, Mayo to replace him or Vrabel? Wow. Tough one. Tough one. I think Vrabel would be the guy that Kraft would want to go after, yes. yeah? and I think Vrabel would love the job. I think so, too. I yes. think that, yeah, that's probably his dream job. Yes. Yeah, but there's been so much noise around Gerard Mayer I know. for so long. That's yeah, true. You're right. And, and have the Patriots had an African-American head coach before? Head coach? No. Romeo Cornell, no. No. No, they haven't. They haven't. Okay. So... They've had they've had assistants, but not head coaches. So uh-huh. I I don't know. I think it's a tough call. I think it's a tough call. I I, I just, listen. I there's other places to put your shekels. That's not one of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So then you said you like the Ravens. They're laying they're laying six <laughs> points against the Browns. Are you saying shekels there on Baltimore to cover? I do like the I do like the Ravens to cover. I okay. do. I think they have tremendous offensive firepower, and like I said, I think the matchup is key. If you can run, you can beat Jim Schwartz. We love talking to you. You said it. You went on the record. Uh, this Ravens team better than two thousand. Uh, thanks for the time today, Sal. Have a good week. Because of Lamar Jackson, I just think they could be better. That I mean, that's saying something right there. Sure is. Thank you, sir. Sure is. Well done. Be good. Well, the one thing. All right, you, I'll see you guys. You got it. You got it. The the thing about it'd be messy, but maybe it'd be messy by design. You get rid of Belichick, and then you just interim with Mayo, and then it's just, well, you're tanking them, and you're trying to get the quarterback because Mac Jones can't play. So that just sets the wheels in I, motion. Let's win three games, and then. Does the team go. have to tank? Well, that's about, sure. Week 11, look ahead lines coming up next. Two double-digit favorites, four road favorites. And uh, could they be the number one power-rated team in the league? At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. Is getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Coming up in 15 minutes, we'll take you inside Mitch and Pauly's Pizzeria Bets. You can send them in on X at VSEN Live at Mitch Moss Radio at Pauly Howard. The email is FTM at VSEN.com. Plenty to kick around from there. We were talking to uh, Sal Palantonio during the break and ask him, asking him about an Italian Thanksgiving, what it's like in the Palantonio household. Oh, yeah. Playing football during the day, in the morning. They get the Italian stuff going on early on after that, right, with the pasta. Uh, and then later on in the day, it's the turkey time. Yeah, but halftime of the second game, which is the Cowboys. Right. That's when we would do it as well. Not the Italian, I wish. I'm jealous. But we would have the turkey, and we would, uh, we would do that. But um, is that big? Pat Forty's family does it too. They start the day off with the, fo- with the backyard football. Oh, I think a lot of people do. Yeah, really? It's a good way to do it, yeah. Yeah, right. When I was well, the th- problem you have is... That is, that is the biggest. I'm gonna go out and get annihilated night of the year. Oh, the Wednesday Most, night. The Wednesday night. Everyone yeah. goes out. Everyone's back home and they get tanked up because you have off and then it's sure. You know, so that's you also you you're going out there playing football with the hangover. Yeah, football was a. Uh, I had a big family growing up, so we'd all get together on Thanksgiving, whole day festivities. You know, football would be a part of it usually, and then. Watching the at the time as a kid, watching the older crowd really start to dive into a full case of beer probably during the day. Oh, yeah. And then as you get older, yeah. you're like, Thanksgiving's not a good beer drinking day. It's a terrible beer drinking no. day, in my opinion. No. It takes up too much room. You're I'll tell be you too what's full. Yeah, good call. I'll tell you what's absolutely you can't do that. You no, need the room. No, Stretch you, out. You need Left- all the food. Yeah. The best part of this is leftovers, and the order has been placed. I did it yesterday. I'm ready to go. I have everything. They ordered the bird and everything and the sides. And I, I was uh, talking to Derek Stevens. Berries has their own deal. And now I'm trying to figure out if there's takeout. Apparently, Berries dressing is off the hook. Okay. And uh, Berries has the special menu on Thanksgiving. Here's the crazy thing. When I first moved out here, my you know my parents would ever coming out for Thanksgiving. Like the restaurants would close. A lot of them would right. Some some buffets might stay open. Hey, we're open yeah. for Thanksgiving. Bring your family. That has since flipped. And Thanksgiving has turned into a massive holiday out here in Las Vegas, and a lot of the restaurants do the same thing. Hey, we're open early. It's going to be a Thanksgiving spread. Don't worry about cooking today. We'll take care of you. I've never done it before. Yeah, it's always at home. My right. wife's what, like big deal for her. She, absolutely, she's called it her Super Bowl for a long, long time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, so, nothing better. Four or five days of football and leftovers. You never get. You're not an eggnog guy, are you? Nah, no, no. Never got into it. No. I always looked at my family like, what are you doing with that? No, I'm not. Big no. up with the Hollies with the eggnog. All right, let's go. We got a huge game to start week 11. Bengals at Ravens. Baltimore, this tells you what you need to know about Cincinnati, right? Baltimore's lane three at home, 43 and a half. Chase back going to be okay? That's a great question. What you do about, that's a big one. And that also impacts Survivor Sunday. 
do you really want to go to war with the Bengals against Stroud if Chase doesn't play? Uh, but in, in, with this game, I'm taking the Ravens. I'm going against the Ravens until they get me. I love this team. And they are when they start to roll offensively, watch out, because I did not expect a top-five defense. So at home, Ravens. Now here's the, the question I have on this game. Ravens are either the number one power-rated team in the league uh, or second or third, probably, more realistically speaking here. Have the, have the Bengals really tracked him down already because of the last couple of weeks? I get, I get it. Going to San Francisco and doing what they did was very impressive. But now but, you're basically telling us that they're even with Baltimore? Right. Good point. No, no, because I watched you should have lost to Seattle. If Geno Smith makes one play, you lose that game. In that same no. division, Steelers play at the Browns. Cleveland's lane three and a half total is 37. Yeah, give me the under. Give me the Steelers team total under. There you go. In that game. Yep. Cardinals at the Texans. Hello, Survivor. Houston, four and a half, total 46 and a half. Oh, now we got a uh, fly in the ointment here with the Murray. Murray's been cleared. So, you know, so I know the guy's not Joe Montana, but this kind of could change his things. As opposed to Clayton Toon, it's a big upgrade. So the, yeah, that's a sneaky Survivor, absolutely. What if Kyler Murray is Deshaun Watson rusty, which I expect? It's, it's still hard to get there. I think a lot of people will take the Dolphins at home against the Raiders, the Bullies, blowing out bad teams. Uh, ch- yep. Chargers are three at the Packers. Total is 42. Yep. I think the total is too high. Right, right. Good job. I know it was the Jets and the offensive line, but finally a great job by Bosa. It should be a good defense with Bosa and Mack if they stay healthy. I'm with you. I don't it, think there'll be points in that one. I was going to say, is this the wrong time for me to get on board with the Chargers? I like them laying three at Lambeau. Oh, no, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I have not bought into the Chargers team yet, yeah. and uh, I don't know. I don't want to be too late to the party. Giants at the Commanders. Washington's lane eight total thirty six. Oh my God! Oh wow! Well, if it's Tommy DeVito, oh yes, no doubt. Um, that, that's a teaser delight. Oh my God! They just played. It was fourteen seven. Howell couldn't move the ball. Oh my God! But this is this guy again. This guy has no business being in the NFL. So everyone's hurt, no Waller. It just If you can contain Barkley, there's no way the Giants are going to score. They couldn't move the ball against the Raiders. I got to tell you, I think a lot of people have used Washington in Survivor. I, have, I know, right? Yeah. I, did, I did, I did. I don't have mm-hmm. them. But that, that's another Survivor play. Titans at Jacksonville. Right. Jags at home lane, 6.5, total 41. Okay, so it's Levis the rest of the way. We have that announcement. That seems a little, that's a bit much, though. That's my thought. That's a lot of points. Yeah. I, need, I want to see one more game from Levis this weekend. I'm not going to get yeah. involved in this game. In fact, I still have Jacksonville on this ticket for, for I don't want to I don't want to consider them for Survivor next week. That yeah, could be a I tricky don't want, game. I, I, someone threw that ran that scenario by me as well. I would not feel comfortable using Jacksonville Survivor either. To other options. Bears at Detroit Lions are eight and a half total, forty five and a half. Yeah, we should be able to move the ball at will. And then uh, maybe Fields is back by that point. I think he's going to so, be. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Give me the Lions. Fields could be back by... Could play tomorrow, yeah. Tomorrow night. See, In yeah. fact, I expect him to be because the, the number is now up to four at home to Carolina. The Raiders are at Miami. Dolphins laying 10, 48 and a half. Well, right. what, what, do you, what kind of a team do you consider the Raiders to be? Now with Antonio Pierce. Clear upgrade after one yeah. week anyway from Josh McDaniels, but the Dolphins take it out on below 500 teams and they really struggle against teams that are solid. Right. I like what I saw defensively too. I don't think it'll go well for O'Connell. I did like the video of Devontae Adams telling the ref things are going to be different now. When the ref came over and said, hey, I have tickets, nice job. 
You got the win. Did you see that? Yes. That <laughs> was hilarious. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys are nine and a half at the Panthers. Total is 41 and a half. Oh, boy. So the Cowboys are going to have back-to-back bloodbaths here? Yep. This has got Bryce Young turnovers written all over oh, it as well. It should which, not uh, go well for him that day. Yep, yep. Buccaneers at the Niners. San Francisco lane, 10 and a half, 43. 10 and a half. <sighs> it's a huge number. Wow. With the, the wow. current defensive form. I'll put it this way. If the 49ers can't get it corrected against Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence has a really good game, Jags win, that number will not be 10.5 next week. Now, there's a lot of ifs there that I just threw out, but Seahawks are 1.5 at the Rams, 44.5. Yeah. Wow. They just signed Carson Wentz. They just signed Carson Wentz, I know. He'll be the backup, but they, they expect Stafford back by that point, but that's... Well, I know they got him in the first game, but that was also when all the injuries hit it happened in the first half. Yeah, that was uh, that was a blowout in the second half by the Rams. They took him apart in Seattle. Jets at the Bills. Josh Allen and company lane seven forty and a half. Well, revenge for him personally, and uh, the Bills' revenge as well, and the Bills' season on the line. Bills every which way but loose there, and I I would take uh, Jets team total under as well. You like him. Yeah. But you, yes. Allen was humiliated in that game. He was atrocious. I think he might get humiliated again. Oh, wow. I, I, you know, I've seen a lot of this, by the way, from different out. Like Pro Football Focus was one of them, other areas as well. They have Josh Allen, I believe, second in the MVP right now. Oh, my. Like his advanced on. numbers are still pretty strong. He's got nine, nine INTs. He's 20 to one yeah. to win the MVP. I will say this. If the Bills somehow would pull off that division and win like 11 games... Josh Allen can win the MVP, but I don't expect that to happen. They have too many injuries, and the schedule's too difficult coming up. Yeah, yeah. They've been awful offensively going back. Vikings at the Broncos. Yeah. Denver, a two-and-a-half-point favorite total, 43 wow. Wow. on Sunday night. Didn't flex again. Wow. Well, primetime totals, I mean, just staying that's, under that's at an too, alarming rate, 43 is a total. Too high. Too high. Should the Broncos be favored? No. Can't I, be. I would agree with you. Can't be. If Dobbs can look like that without knowing anybody's name and the cadence and everything, what's he going to look like when he has a week to prepare and, and practice? Yep. The Monday night game. Boy, next week for primetime. Eagles playing at the Chiefs. Super Bowl rematch. Both teams off the bye. And before the break, I was asking, you know, is this the number one power rated team in the in the entire league? E- so the Chiefs are laying below a field goal at home. What is home field worth anymore? Eh. But I think that, uh, you know, several people have the Eagles power rated number one in the league. I think it makes some sense right now. But the Eagles are laying two and a half. No, Chiefs are. I'm sorry, Chiefs, Chiefs are. Yeah, are. and the total is 48 and a half. Does yeah. that? Yeah. Boy, oh boy. I got to take the Chiefs. I have to take the Chiefs at home. I know the revenge angle, what happened in the Super Bowl, can't get stops, all that, but, oh, man. It's what Mahomes lane less than a I field know. goal at home. I know. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's... And you fix the offense, though. Are they going to get on the same page here with these wide receivers? I mean, is, it, is he going to... Can he, we're going to get it figured out. It, it, like Uncle Sal said, it's week 10. I'm still waiting. Well, it's Andy Reid off the bye. That, too. There and you go. And you can throw on the Eagles secondary. Okay. Up next, we'll take you inside Mitch and Pauly's Pizzeria and kick around some long-shot bets that have been made. Coming up on Follow the Money, it's v the Sports Betting Network. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. 
League One, League Two soccer, props in the NFL, yes, no playoff, updated win totals, college football, everything you want at DraftKings. New customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Download the app, use promo code FOLLOW. Follow when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Talk some college basketball futures here as VSIN host Wes Reynolds joins the program now. His show is called VSIN Tonight. Does it with Matt Humans, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. on the West Coast. Uh, Wes, great to talk to you as always, my man. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing really well. Oh, sure. We talked about teams kind of like uh, atoning for a really bad loss and coming back and redeeming themselves like the following game or the following year. Uh, and in college basketball, there was nothing more embarrassing than what happened to Purdue last year going down as the one seed overall to Fairleigh Dickinson. Do you think this team around Zach Eady is like much better than last year? And are the Boilermakers worth a look to cut down the nets in your opinion? Yeah, Mitch, I, I do think that they're worth it. And, and look, they're going to try to run it back like Virginia did five years ago. And, uh, you know, we know what happened when Virginia got beat by UMBC uh, as a 16 over one is they had just a rough night. And then what was what was the chorus about University of Virginia? Tony Bennett can't win in March. He can't do it until he finally did it the following year. So maybe that's going to be the same with Matt Painter, because He's the guy that's like, oh, man, great in the regular season, but can't win in March. And they're going to hear that all year. They're already hearing it right now. But I think when you look at Purdue, they return five starters, including the National Player of the Year that you mentioned, Zach Eady. And they actually had to play without him this summer. They took this trip over to Europe for a couple weeks. But Eady was playing with Team Canada in the FIBA World Cup. So I think that's a good thing for the rest of the team having to have to play without him because there are going to be nights where he's going to be in foul trouble, especially in Big Ten player, perhaps in a tournament game. And you got to learn to play without the big guy. But they've got the recipe to make a deep run. Uh, they run really good motion on offense. They rebound well. They play good defense. They don't foul. They share the ball well, and they're pretty unselfish. One of the things they got to do, though, better is they got to shoot the three better. They were 32%, 276 nationally. They had an all-freshman backcourt with Fletcher Warrior and Braden Smith, but they're sophomores now, and they got the baptism by fire with teams that are going to try to press them in the backcourt. And look, this is a team last year that beat Marquette, that beat Duke, that beat Gonzaga, that beat Michigan State, that beat some of the nation's best. And I think that this is the redemption tour for the Boilermakers this year. Very good. Excellent yeah. breakdown. Good luck to you. How about some other futures that you like that you played at, at longer odds? Yeah, Arkansas, which I think you could get about 25 or 30 to 1 right. still out there. Uh, look, uh, everything that we talk about now college basketball is about the transfer portal. Well, M Eric Musselman was the transfer portal before the transfer portal was <laughs> cool, and he was doing that when he was up in Reno at Nevada. You know, when he took him to the Sweet 16 in 2018, largely on the backs of transfers, he does the same thing at Arkansas, been to the Elite Eight twice, Sweet 16 last year in a span of four seasons. And if you look at what uh, Musselman gets, he got three double-digit scores out of the portal this year that are all veteran guys. Khalif Battle from Temple, Trayvon Mark from Houston, uh, L. Ellis from Louisville. You get Jeremiah Davenport, who's a bench player, who's a career 1,000-point scorer from Cincinnati. Then you get Trevon Brazil back from the ACL injury. The point guard, D. Davis, is also back. So this team, despite the fact that they lost three NBA draft picks, I think is going to be better because I think a couple of those guys, especially the kid Nick Smith, it might be addition by subtraction because 
he and Musselman were like never on the same page last year. And you could tell it watching this team. So I think Arkansas is one you certainly want to look at. Creighton is another one, which I think you could get in maybe the 30-ish to one range. This is a team that they just really shoot the ball. They're very well coached by, by Greg McDermott. And, you know, you bring back the big kid, Colt Brenner, and it starts from there. You've got good back hard court with a Nemhard back. So I like Creighton in that Big East. I think that Big East is a lot more wide open this year. And then Maryland, who uh, returns a, a senior transfer guard, uh, Jameer Young, uh, Dante Scott down low. Maryland's got a lot of talent, and they just got to learn to win away from home. They won one game in conference away from home last year, and that was against Minnesota, who's dead last in the conference. So if they could figure out a way to win away from College Park, this is a team that's going to surprise as kind of a middle seed. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people make the case for Creighton, and also uh, I know the Maryland number has come down a little bit as well. I was on Creighton last year early on to begin the season, and I had a future ticket on them a year ago, Wes, uh, pretty big number, if I recall correctly, in November. And then they hosted UCLA, and they lost by like 50. I'm like, uh, I guess that ticket's dead. <laughs> so that was a fun one. That yeah. lasted right. for a couple of weeks. Right, yeah, that's going to happen in college basketball. I mean, we're getting an upset every single night. We've only been two nights in the season. We've already seen Michigan State get beat at home. We saw Vanderbilt get beat at home by a team that won three games against Division One opponents last year in Presbyterian. Excellent point. Yeah, that, that, that continue to happen. How about college football? And uh, you love this angle with the letdown spot uh, after coming off a huge win. Let's start with Kentucky against Alabama. Why you think Kentucky can keep it close? Yeah, I, I do think they can keep it close, Paul. And, and, and they came up lame a couple weeks ago, didn't cover against Tennessee when they were in a home run spot off a of bye. But I'm willing to give them another shot here because you know, they, they played a really easy schedule early on. And then they went down to Georgia when everybody's like, yeah, Georgia doesn't really look that good. They don't look all that impressive. And what happened is that got Georgia interested. They needed to play a team with a pulse and they ran out Kentucky and then Kentucky had nothing left for Missouri the following week. But now I think that they have something left. They did go and beat Mississippi state on the road. And I know Mississippi state was with the uh, backup quarterback with Rogers being out. But still, that stops bleeding when you lose three in a row. Now you get Alabama coming in. It's a low-ish low total at about 47 and a half. So I like Kentucky. I think that they can run the ball pretty darn well with Davis. So, you know, keep the game closed. Keep the game with one possession. Mark Stoops always pulls one of these off a year, and it could be on Saturday. Okay. How about Texas Tech then catching points? Yeah, yeah, this looks like a small line, at least at first glance, because Texas Tech's been the big disappointment. They were the team that we all, like, I think, thought was going to be the sleeper, and now they're 4-5, and five and they're playing KU when a lot of people thought that the letdown for KU over beating Oklahoma was going to be last week in Ames against Iowa State, and Kansas won, but I call this the letdown after the letdown, because now is where it's going to come, and we're seeing only four and three and a half, not a lot of movement from the opener, uh, give me Texas Tech in Lawrence against KU. Yeah, Have you done anything with the Arizona-Colorado number? We had Paul Stone on the show yesterday. And Colorado, I mean, call it the back door. Call, call it what you want. They keep covering some of these games. Paul Stone said yesterday, like a couple weeks ago, Arizona-Colorado would have been like around Pickham. And now I know the Wildcats are a great story, but that ballooned all the way up to 10.5. Yeah, look, I would only be on Colorado here, even though – I think, you know, we've seen them really come back to earth. And 
you know, you're seeing just a, a maybe some dissension in the ranks. Look, I think per, uh, demoting Sean Lewis was a terrible move. I and agree. I think he's going to be, he's going to have an FBS job next year. He was not the problem, but that's the thing with Dion, man. You're going to see the ego and the hubris come into play where he's not going to take responsibility or make himself look vulnerable for anything. It's always going to be on the players or it's going to be on the other coaches. But that being said, I liked him this week just simply because Arizona got bowl eligible for the first time in the Jedfish era. They've already got six wins. Now you're having to buy them at the top of the market. And that's what you want to do with these teams. You want to sell them at the top of the market. And I think that that's a good idea with Arizona going to Colorado laying over double digits. Give me the buff. You can follow Wes on Twitter. He is at Wes Reynolds one and his show is called VEASAN tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. He does it with Matt humans here on VEASAN. Thanks Wes. We appreciate the time. Good luck. Bad guys. Thank you. Thank you. Good. There you go. So again, it's college basketball futures that he made the case for Purdue, Arkansas, Creighton, and Maryland mm-hmm. this morning. All right. you should, everyone should get nuts. I, 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 I don't care. After what happened last year and what we see almost year in, year out in college basketball, where if it's not, I'm not saying Final Four, but someone is going to, out of nowhere, is going to go Elite Eight or make a deep run and, and a huge ticket could cash or you could hit, lock in a profit and they could make a, a Final Four, Elite Eight, whatever it could be. Yeah, make I a mean, deep run. It was crazy. What happened? Well, Who saw that? You got Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, everything. But usually the mid-major is a, is a sweet 16 Elite Eight candidate, too. I think last year was one of those every 15 to 20 years okay. type of well, deal. Just, right. just, I mean, because you can get an eight in any given year, but to have true bedlam take place where it was like a couple of fives, right? An eight or a nine seed was involved. Yeah. A four seed overall won the whole thing. 16 wins off the bat. No kidding. Yes. Oh, it was so it was wild. Miami was dead and buried. Drake had them, and they go to the Final Four. Yeah. Texas blew the game against Miami. Completely right. gave it away down the stretch. Florida Atlantic should have lost in the could have lost to Memphis. Oh, it was a terrible that was call. That was a call that went against Such them. Such a bad call right. to close Florida, out that game. Was, they called the jump ball, the tie-up, and it shouldn't have been Florida Atlantic ball. Well, they win, the, and the rest is history. Recap our in-pocket plays from last night and what we're on moving forward. Coming up next year and Follow the Money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.